All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Um, this is going to be a new podcast called A Weathered Anchor. Um, my name is Coach Britt, and these are my two very best friends in the entire world. And Katrina up here, um, her dad was in my parents' wedding, was the best man. I've known her since I was 10. And Miss Kelly here, um, my Beulah, I met when we were 15 in high school. We've been inseparable and uh, both of these ladies, I have very rare friendships with, we've never fought. <laughs> so that is not a thing most <laughs> females can say. Um, we're all very different, but um, very, we get each other. And so I've invited them because I hate talking about myself um, and I don't like the attention. So I've asked them to come on as my introduction episode to kind of interview me and introduce what's going to happen for this podcast season. So I will turn it over to you ladies. All right. Well, do you want me to kind of talk, <laughs> say anything else about ourselves? Like you say or, whatever like... you want. <laughs> yeah. No, great. Thanks for having <laughs> us, Brittany. It's yeah. fun to be able to um, uh, do this with you and to um, chat about kind of all the cool things that you're, that, that you got going on. So, mm -hmm. um, and hi, Kelly. <laughs> hi, <Katrina>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I have a question right off the top of my head. So yeah. you mentioned that your podcast is going to be called a weathered anchor. Yeah. And so kind of tell me a little bit more about the background of that and why yeah. that is a meaningful name for you. Well, so my business is called anchored consulting and coaching. And so back in 2013, I had moved to Seattle for the first time and I had to take a personality test and there was like 40 different little sayings on this thing. And I had to pick one of them. And I was like, oh crap, I guess a weathered anchor. So I picked this and mind you, it's a personality test. And so I clearly failed. So they called me and they said, um, can you, I just have one question. You've, you've passed everything else with flying colors. I just have a clarification question. Why did you pick a weathered anchor? And I was like, well, cause I've been through some shit in my life. And, um, I think all things considered, I'm pretty solid, but I'm a little weathered around the edges, just like anybody else. And she was like, great answer. So when I was trying to come up with this coupled with the purpose of my podcast, I was like, that has to be it. And it fits with my, um, my business name anyway. So that's where that came from. Nice. So, um, you're doing this podcast, which obviously I think is awesome. I'm very <laughs> excited for you to step out into a new zone and, you know, share your knowledge, put yourself out there. Um, what is the goal of your podcast? Well, I'm going to tell you what inspired it. And I'm going to read this quote because I botch it every time, but it's a Brene Brown quote, quote that says, every single person has a story that will break your heart. And if you're paying attention, many people have a story that will bring you to your knees. Nobody rides for free. So being a life coach, um, working in mental health during the day, I hear everybody's stories. And everybody, like she says, does have a story. I mean, Katrina could tell her story. Kelly, you could tell yours. You have a kid with cancer, you know, all these different things. So I wanted to create a platform where people who have gone through some hell overcome and now they are, they are succeeding in life. They've turned those really big 
awful moments into something really beautiful. And I think that those stories need to be heard more. I think it needs to be normalized what trauma looks like, what happens to our brains. And so I've got some fun guests that share their amazing stories. I've got some other coaches that are on here just to introduce people because the truth is, is I'm not for everybody and everyone is not necessarily somebody that I would want to work with. It really depends on what that is. So there's going to be a variety of things. You ladies, I, you know, I'm already going to ask you back for some panel roundtable talks on some things because <laughs> we all have different views and, um, but what I appreciate about you beautiful humans is that we can talk without needing to be right or without using dehumanizing language, which I, I loathe. <laughs> so I, Brittany, you just said something that kind of like triggered a thought in my brain, um, which you do that a lot, actually, you're always triggering <laughs> thoughts that I'm not ever thinking about otherwise, yeah. but you really, you I never knew that about you. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, you said that you you are not necessarily the right fit for everybody, but the people that you are, like you said something about like, you know, then those are the people for you. And so, you know, as a life coach, like how, I guess it's kind of a two-part question. Like, how do you know who you want to work with and who, um, who you jive with? And then vice versa, like if I am trying to look for a life coach, how, how should I go about even finding someone and how do I know if they're the right fit for me? Because I think fit is really important. I mean, I can just say for myself, like whether it's in the workplace or friends or, you know, um, there's something about feeling like you belong in that, with that person, like that kind of, uh, almost like instant trust or connection. So how do how do how does that work for you? How does this whole process work? So I offer on my scheduling platform on my website, I offer 20 minute meet and greet. And honestly, half the time those go longer, but here's the thing. Um, I'm halfway through my master's program to become a licensed clinical mental health therapist. So the way that I run my coaching business is the same way I follow the HIPAA laws and I follow the ACA, which is the American Counseling Association code of ethics and any laws that a therapist technically should legally be following, even though I am not licensed yet. I I have one foot in two worlds, you know, like I have a foot in each world. So it's really, really a piece of integrity that has to happen. So I would say the number one reason that I would not take on a client is because they need therapy, which I, a coach is not legally allowed to do. And that is the most simple difference between a coach and a counselor. Legally coaches should not be processing trauma. For example, like if I was to process trauma right now and somebody reported that that could prevent me from getting my license potentially. Um, so I function that way. If somebody's like, um, combative or just like trying to like take me on, like, or, like to try to prove if I'm smart enough for them or not. I just, that's not somebody I'm going to take on as a client. Like, do you want help or do you not? Do I have the information that you need that I could help you with? So that second part of like, what do people need to look for? I think it depends on what you're looking for. So for example, I have 20 years as a business manager and consultant and my bachelor's degree is in human resources management. So I have people that are like getting back into the job market. Can you help me? review my resume. Can we update it? Could you maybe do a mock interview for me? And they're like two sessions and it's done. I have people that use me in conjunction with a counselor. So like 
hey, I'm processing my trauma over here and I'm doing all the hard therapy work where you legally should be doing it, but I don't want to process all my thoughts and feelings and emotions that I'm experiencing between sessions and put that crap on my spouse or take it out on my kids. So I need a safe place to process these things with. So as a coach, I can do coping skills and I ask them, send me what your therapist gave you for homework, for example, so I can see what they're processing through. And then I can do legal like I can fill it in that way with a coach. So I think also a huge piece of discernment is, so you need to understand people's backgrounds. What are their credentials? Do they have degrees? Um, another important piece is that coaching is not legally regulated. If you want to open a life coaching business, Katrina, you can throw it out a couple hundred dollars and call yourself a life coach and you can start your practice. That's all there is to it. So there needs to be a sense of discernment and questions. So I have a fundamental issue and I'm probably going to piss people off if any other coaches hear this and this is their price range, but this is how I feel about it ethically. And I can only speak for me. I don't know how coaches are charging three and four and $500 per session and up. And some of them do when a PhD psychologist wouldn't even charge that for a session. To me, that's gross. And you don't even have that schooling and education to back up that type of a fee. And even the ones that do, they don't charge it. So ask the right questions, know your purpose. What are your goals and what are the, what are the person's fees and, and then also like, is there a vibe? Do you get a good feeling from this person? Do you think you can trust this person and work with this person? Because just like counseling, coaching, I have some people that are once a, once a month, some people come every other week and just like therapy, it's on you. Like I'm a coach, they're a therapist. I, when I, when I go to counseling, I see them once a month. That's one hour out of my month. The rest of it's on me. So can you be accountable? Are you ready for these things? So those are the back and forth sides of kind of trying to find that coach. So you were, you started to talk about um, uh, life coaching and counseling. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're working on your master's. Mm -hmm. What, like, um, like, what are your credentials? Like, what, what do you have? Like, yeah. So I, like, I have my bachelor's in human resources management. So yeah. I also do consulting. So like, if people want me to come do like leadership training or whatever topic they want for their teams, I can do that. I can do staff retreats. Um, so that's my HR side. So as a coach, um, like I said, I'm halfway through my master's program. So 50% done with the schooling for that. I currently work in in mental health as a peer counselor. So there's trainings and certifications for that through Washington state that I had to do for this job. And the coolest piece of that is that I get access to all of the training um, for therapy techniques that you don't even get as a master's student until you get out of school. So like the whole DBT manual, that's like um, there's certain type of therapy techniques. And so I have all of that access and training that's constantly going on during the day in my day job. And then as far as my coaching certifications, um, I have, I cannot remember all of them. I think I have like five or six different coaching certifications. Like one of them's goals, happiness, life purpose, uh, mindfulness, and there's like five or six. I can't remember. They are listed on my website, though. <laughs> but so I went through a, a series of certification trainings to become a certified life coach as well. 
So Britt, like why, why life coach? Like what, why are you passionate about this? You know, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've known you for a long time and <laughs> I, you are a very passionate person. And I know that this is something that you've been talking about for a long time. So, I mean, why are you passionate about coaching? But like, maybe what are some of your other, the other things that like really just drive you that really, um, that, so that we can just get to know like we, as in the general yeah. people watching this, can get to know you better. <laughs> the way that you guys do. That's yeah. Like, that's never going to happen. Know, well, probably not that good. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably not that good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We won't go there. Kelly's done hair and waxing and life has been adventurous. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, we had videos from those days. Um, oh I, I mean, I think you, you too could answer that question as well as I could, you know, that my whole life people come to me, obviously a lot of times, um, people go into the counseling field because of their own life experiences or their family experiences. Some people become addiction recovery counselors because they have, they're in recovery and they want to help those people. So, um, I think if I'm a completely honest, aside from just having a healer's heart, um, there's a huge piece of my story that I don't share because I don't know many reasons. Um, it's hard for me to be vulnerable with it. I don't want to share those pieces of my story. Um, but I find courage in it more each day, the more that I work in mental health and I hear the things that people go through and how they overcome it's, it's absolutely inspiring to me. And so to be able to have the gift that I have to connect with people, to make people feel seen, to make them feel heard and valued, even just in a first meeting, like it feels funny to say that, but that's just the, the ability that I have with people. And for me to normalize what you're going through with trauma, like there's just not enough conversation around the psychoeducation with it. And, and we run around and we feel crazy. So uh, much of this is inspired by my own healing story, which I'm still in the process of. <laughs> um, and so sharing things like that. So it, these people inspire me every day. And I think that's really what started kicking my ass for the podcast was like, you, you will eventually get to the place where you can share your story. Um, but I wanted, I want to help people heal. That's really where it's at. And I just have been, I call it a blessing and a curse because you know, when I'm on an airplane, I want to zone out and I don't want to hear somebody's life story, but that's what will happen unless I have big headphones on my head. I have that face, which is ironic because then other people will be like, you're intimidating and you have resting bitch face. And I'm like, well, what is it? Am I nice or am I a cow? Like, what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> but we all know that that's their own lens that they're seeing something through. So, I mean, you all know. My my family has relied on me my whole life. People rely on me. I think I was gonna say I don't think it's necessarily your face because <laughs> I mean I mean your face is gorgeous, but it's it's not that it's it's that you put people at ease mm. in a way that yeah. most people don't feel like it. So like an instant like as soon as like you sit on an airplane and you just say hello and yet you, um, you know, crack a little joke or you say a little something that puts someone else at ease. And then the next thing, you know, you're listening to their life story yeah. and, and, but you're also uh very like, I mean, you, you listen to them. And I think that's the other side of it. It's like you put people at ease, but then you also listen. And that is, um, hard to find in the same person. Sometimes. It is. It is. I was going to say you, um, 
you provide like a sense of uh comfort if that makes sense mm-hmm. um like you do you put people at ease um and i think your your ability to you know you do like trina said you crack a joke you smile you laugh um and it draws people into you and it it allows them to open up it does definitely yeah and you i mean okay so let's talk about like like the humor aspect because i think that's the crap i hate talking about me okay but continue why you guys are here well the thing is is that like okay so you you crack a joke or you put people Uh, at ease and a lot of times it's through humor um but it's not and even though like sometimes it can be self-deprecating it is not ever um self like loathing you know what i mean like sometimes never like it's never actual self-deprecation. Yeah, it's never like negative. Yeah. So it's like you just like find find something that the pr- people can relate to you mm-hmm. over. It's yeah. like you have that innate <laughs> intuition of like, what can I say to this person that will put them at ease? Usually it's a joke. And then they laugh and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then you connect and that's an amazing thing. But I was just thinking like, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why like I connected to you 10 years ago was because you know you're able when to when we were 10 pumpkin when, when we, we were 10, 10. <laughs> when we were 10 but like the thing is is that like you know that was a very like a you know transitional period of your life and also you know less so for me but at the same time like um you know I just felt like you know that connection to you but like you would always make me laugh I I can't <laughs> I can't describe like anybody else who just every single time I am sitting or talking to them makes me laugh, you know, bust a gut every single time. And, but yeah, it's not ever, you do it in a way that does heal. Like I, sometimes I'm like, I haven't laughed that hard in so long. So I don't know, like what, tell me a little bit more, I guess. Let's talk about a little bit about humor. Like how do you, how do you use humor as a tool? Is it something that just comes out or is that something? I'm going to tell a story first before this because, because Kelly is quiet and I will never forget one night that we were out. This is probably in our early thirties. And this girl would not stop trying to talk with Kelly. And she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk to this girl. I don't know what to say to her. And I'm like, what do you want me to say? And she's like, get her away from me. I'm like, what do you want me to say? And so this girl keeps trying to talk to Kelly. Kelly literally shoves me up there next to the girl. And I'm like, hi. Like, oh, I'm I'm like, I turn on like a robot. How's it going? <laughs> and then she's like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, because you just shoved me at the girl. Now I have to talk to her. I don't, I don't like to talk to people. I'm not a people person. You are, but you're picky about it. And I am. You are not going to just chat it up with anybody. So then no. she comes my ass out there to go do it. And now I'm like a performing monkey. Like, you're hey, so good. Going. So good. Like, you're so good at random conversing uh, with people. Like you meet people and I'm just like, I don't even have a clue. Nope. This is why okay. when I come home at night, I collapse on my bed. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> um, I think I think humor is a healthy outlet. I think this is part of how we choose in our healing. So it's always been my coping mechanism. I mean, you know, I met Katrina when my mom remarried. There's five kids in my family. She married a man with six kids. It was pure hell and chaos, complete different worlds coming together. And I mean, like, all I could do was be, just be a smart ass about it. Cause it was that, or I was going to crawl in a hole and like shut off and be and hugging myself with a jacket. You know what I mean? Like, it's just how I chose. I mean, I, there's nothing, there's no distinct memory 
maybe it's just innate inside of me, but it's like, I choose humor because humor's much easier to deal with than like rage and anger or endless tears. And I mean, obviously you guys know, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this later on different episodes, some of my story. And when I share that, I've invited Kelly and Katrina because I want outside perspective. I want people to know what it's like when you have a best friend that's in an abusive relationship and what that's like for other people, not just what my story was. And I genuinely hate talking about myself. So it's just nice, but I do think it's important to give that perspective. So for me, you know, I remember talking to Katrina one time after I was out of this relationship and, and I said something, I was like, oh, he didn't just want like a, 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 piece of the pie he wanted the whole damn bakery you know as far as talking about all these other women that were and she was like just dying she's like I don't even know how how you make something so horrible so funny and I'm like what are my choices to sit here and rage while we eat guacamole dip like so I don't know I think it's just it just it's natural it's Katrina I remember when you when you listen to Trevor Noah's book and you're like Brittany I totally Trevor Noah handles everything like he has the most horrible life story at times and he's hilarious like I get it now and I was like yeah I don't know it just happens it's not intentional it's just there yeah well I'm glad you're the funny friend because I really am not that funny no you're the I'm you, more I, like, I can't even give you the clumsy title because Kelly's just as damn oh, clumsy. Shut up. Shut up. oh yeah huh? okay you trip over grass pumpkin <laughs> a piece of grass sticking up through the sidewalk but I I I'm just more of a fainting goat you know just like I'm that person like whoop, boom I'm out I want to so. be, be a fainting goat sometimes out oh my gosh <laughs> This is a tough conversation. I'm. I think I'm going to check out. Bye. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, I'm out. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's go. I'm. I'm so rigid with all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's this way or that way, and that's that. That's it. I tell people all the time that Kelly was born in the wrong era. I was. I, I was. I think this is what's special about mine and yours friendship though, is like, we don't like the same taste in men. This girl is wearing skulls and she's the <laughs> only person that I'd really go like, maybe not anymore, but like, I remember back in the day, she would call and be like, will you go to the mall with me? And I'm like, please kill me. Okay. Because I love you and you're my best friend. I'll go shopping with you. Like, so this is the thing is people think I'm like a girly girl because I love hair and makeup and I do my nails. I'm not, I'm not. I am not a girly girl. I don't like shopping. I don't like window shopping. I don't like, I don't even like coloring. I don't craft. And then my dear best friend, Kelly has all these signs and we are so opposite of each other. Yeah. And it's hilarious, like how it works out. And I remember one day she's like, tell me what you think about this shirt. And I looked at her, I'm like, take that off. You look like you're wearing a doily. And she's like, I love this shirt. And I'm like, why are you, why am I here? Oh <laughs> you still have it i still have that shirt i'm gonna put my mug on it next time anyway. uh, I, actually i was just gonna say wear it next time kelly uh, oh my gosh, i still have that shirt here we go oh my gosh that's uh, hilarious mm -mm. so um how okay you talked about you know you started talking about like your past your you know like how we met and things like or how you and Katrina met and things like that how did you decide that this was the path the professional path that you wanted to take like how how did you come to that decision yeah well I think like many people the push was the stupid pandemic uh, um yeah. all that bullshit aside I think it significantly increased mental health problems across the world but also normalized getting counseling <laughs> and so I was already in the process of going to school 
naturally I just have this gift of connection and really helping people be able to see their own strengths and values and feel their, find their own empowerment. So I was like, well, in the meantime, I'm going to get out of this toxic ass dental world that I've been in for 20 years. That's sucking the soul out of me. And I'm going to just start my own, you know, start my own business. I technically started this when I lived with you, Katrina, in 2018. That's when I started my business, but I didn't get real serious about it until during the pandemic. And then um, when I moved back to Spokane to, to help my parents and figure out what's going on with pops, um, I was like, I refuse. I refuse to go back to dental ever again. So I pretty much make, in my day job, I make like, two thirds less than what I used to make. And I've never been happier. And it's allowed me the space to continue to do my own healing process with my own counselor. It's allowed me the space to have time to build my coaching business and really dig into it. It's allowed the space to just do this damn podcast. And um, I don't say that in a bad way. It's just because I'm a chicken, y'all. This is a big thing for me. I hate being on camera. I wish I could help people privately. Kind of like when I sing, I just want to fall through the floor and be done with it. I don't want anyone to talk to me afterwards. Just us. It's just us uh, today. Just yeah. Our so, so yeah, I think, um, I think that was it was, it was just like, I'm going to step into my full capacity and my true passion at all costs. And I'm, I'm just going to step into it. Brittany, um, since oh you mentioned you're singing, Wow. I think you should like sing your own intro and outro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what exactly yeah. I want to do. Do it. I'll write a me like, song. Like... <laughs> we'll just call it Big Head because I'm so important. No. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be so great. No. And then like yeah. Kelly and I can do wop in the back or something. Okay. You want to do some interpretive yeah. dancing for me? Oh yeah. Like, you might. No, I can't have the two clumsiest friends I know be my backup dancers. <laughs> You're gonna sue me. <laughs> uh -uh. Which is being you know a virtual backup dancer, exactly. like just you know. That's still just as dangerous. Do a shuffle. <laughs> Look, no, Kelly has a three-inch moving room in that craft room. She's sitting in there. <laughs> I do. It's worse yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So you just mentioned music, and I'm just wondering, just um outside of your coaching and your schooling and stuff like that what are just so we get to know you just a little bit like more personally what are some like things that you you like to do you know outside of your job I mean I mean I know you're super passionate about like the coaching and you know mental health stuff but like what else what who are you Brittany who are when you? you're not on, on on the podcast can I just deflect this to you too <laughs> <laughs> Well, I like to read. I feel like, <laughs> like on a dating profile. Um, these are my interests. Yeah. What's on your Tinder? I don't have Tinder. Get out of here. I <laughs> haven't been. Um, I don't know. What is even out there? Bumble? Listen, TikTok. What? This is how Nita? everybody. I don't know. What do people use? Yeah. It's TikTok. Okay. I swear yeah, God, I'm, I've seen I'm more couples come off of TikTok of than anywhere else. Okay. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, TikTok can connect you with a whole bunch of people you never would have met before. That just because they're not in your city doesn't mean they're not meant for you. Okay. Know, someday. Well, what's your most used emoji? Oh. Oh. Ass. <laughs> oh my god. Is it? Is it? <laughs> is it? Don't worry. Is it the eggplant? Hold on. Hold on. I got you. You want me to pull up my emojis? I'll show you. <laughs> oh god. I might regret. <laughs> we both thought the exact same thing. <laughs> 
but there we go. Okay, hold on. My top, my top emojis are the laughing cry face, the two hands, the wink, the the red lips, the kiss, the double pink heart, the little face with the kiss, and the upside down smiley face. Those are my top seven. Oh, that's uh, not what eggplants not on there. That is not okay. <laughs> well Anyways. all right yeah i love okay. to i like to read i do love to sing but i don't like to do it publicly because i hate attention um but you're so good at it i was like why are you snarling at me because i don't like that attention but okay there's that um i do i like that attention for you <laughs> i know you do <laughs> so okay anyway um katrina and i grew up singing together um at church when i was a good girl yeah, i did that yesterday singing at church. Okay. <laughs> okay. um we had a really embarrassing hysterical meltdown one time <laughs> at karaoke trying to to very sincerely sing celine dion and barbara streisand's tell him and there's that, you guys katrina, me and katrina oh way back gosh. in the day well, and there was this part where it was like tell him and it's like Ooh, and Katrina lost it after that. And like, we couldn't pull it off. We could not pull it together. We were just like, turn the damn song off. We're done. Hilarious. Like, it was a mess. Yeah, um, it was, it was one of the great memories though. It's like one of my core memories that live on. Uh, one of my great every time, every time I hear that song, I go back to well, that. Kelly and I and... used to sing it together when we lived together, when we were like 18, you get in the car and just let that shit just fly but kelly won't sing publicly even though she can i won't it's because i had a traumatic experience one time <laughs> at band camp karaoke oh my god <laughs> i don't know you you tell me you tell me you what do i like me. to do uh you love your nieces and nephews mm. your amazing auntie yeah, yeah they're my babies aunt bertney yeah auntie you like football I yes love my saints who that yeah you love the football um singing like I, for me it's always like the the song the singing because even though you hate to do it in public you have such a wonderful talent that it's like yes you just everyone's performances and but music i think is also as you are always listening to music you're always oh, yeah. listening to music you music are driving books. in your car yeah music and books yeah. like so i just i know anytime like i'm in your car we're listening to some song it's you car belt karaoke out, and then i'm like yeah it's car karaoke it is. and it's like it awesome. is <laughs> same with yeah, kelly except so, when i get in kelly's car she turns on country music and my soul leaves my body a little bit up. no it doesn't <laughs> everything uh-huh and well touche she does listen to everything but that long time ago it was dang i can't even tell you the song but anyway used to sing listen. that shit at the top of her lungs it would crack me up i was like let it out mama because you won't do it just like me she don't like to sing publicly either nope anywho no we were at karaoke one night i think with, with i guess with your sister yeah and i was singing and she sang behind your ear and threw you off yes yeah <laughs> yeah i would say i mean honestly that's it i mean i love like sports in general i like to watch basketball but like the number one is football like football sunday leave me alone that's it it's happening <laughs> i'm lounging out whether it's with people or by myself you uh, like your 
you like self-care you like get your nails did and all that i love massages um my favorite self-care is probably like aromatherapy like diffusing or like an aromatherapy bath Mm -hmm. yeah and um you always have had the best bed ever and i'm saying that that i've heard bed (laughs) just kidding (laughs) i do my bed is like epic everybody's like i'm never leaving your bed it's It's just it's like three people (laughs) i know i never sleep well like i have insomnia or whatever but i usually when i come to your space like you've got the blackout fragrance your room is the perfect cooling temperature that you have to have a fan like it is and then it's like big and spacious so like no one ever has to touch you if you don't like the touching and so like anyways it's always a good time when you come to brace and a space and our i always get that know. five star review when people leave my bed i'm hetero <laughs> I, sorry I'll that totally you though. Got wrong. i would just i was gonna say like you you know katrina's the, explaining herself she's like katrina's like crap oh, crap i'm turning me. purple i know i just <laughs> don't even know what to say at this time because i dug a hole like that's what i'm good at right Brittany? i'm good at saying something oh, yes. that i don't realize when it comes out what it sounds like to other people oh, Lord. so yeah. that's yeah. a skill i've got and then you've got a skill of being like oh dear back that train up let's help you get <laughs> painting out goat painting goat. <laughs> goat yeah oh, yeah so you're killing anyway. me <laughs> well well i you know you always end your podcast or you're going to always end your podcast with a question what's that question Brittany? i ask everybody what anchors your heart mind and spirit and so i'm going to reverse you, katrina Huh? Sure. For me, gonna, we're all going to answer it. Yeah. What? what okay. What okay. anchors your heart, mind, and spirit? What anchors my heart, mind, and spirit? Um, I am family is first and foremost for me. Uh, um, and then I think God. You know, I those are the two biggest I think uh influences in my life, and um, and yeah. And then having, I don't have very many friends, but the few that I got, they are, they really do help anchor me. Like, I know, like I can always, you know, talk to them and especially you and, and get some really good sound, like a sounding board for what's going on. And I just love the different perspectives that come from, from that. And I would say the other thing that anchors my heart, mind, and soul is like, I've had the the opportunity to travel a lot and to live in my husband's country and to see the world in kind of a different way that um, many people haven't had the privilege to do. And um, that's really helped me look and view the world in a different way than I ever had before. And I don't think I could have gotten that unless I lived those experiences. So those are kind of the few things that anchor me. Yeah. Kale. I like that. Um, My family. My kids, um, and Shane, obviously, um, that, that is, that is it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously my experiences, my life experiences have a bunch to do with that as well. Um, but my, my family, mm-hmm. my family. 
Kelly is getting married in a few years and yes and swear to God I thought she was going to ask me to sing at her wedding and I was like please don't I, wear a dress <laughs> she thought that I was she was like oh she's going to ask me to sing and I, sing. I was like the first thing I said to you because she's like well Shane and I have something that we want you to do for our wedding but we want to ask you together and I was like okay yeah. so probably like a month or so ago we all go to dinner she's like well and I just looked at her and I cut her off I'm like are you gonna make me wear a dress oh my gosh no we have to as in Katrina's wedding as her maid of honor <laughs> I looked like a damn pineapple because at the time this would be hard to imagine I had a short blonde ass pixie cut in a yellow dress I looked like a stick of butter yeah but you didn't want to wear pink either i really didn't which is ironic because now it's one of my favorite colors now she loves pink (laughs) i do it was was the yellow pineapple but because you didn't want to wear pink (laughs) i know i did and you you did sing at my wedding i did sing at your wedding (laughs) but i think what you're doing for kelly is even cooler so so i'll let you tell them what you ask kel (laughs) so (laughs) um Brittany is going to marry Shane and I. So Shane and I have been together for nine years and um, we had some life stuff happen and we couldn't get married for a while until um, one of my kids is 18. Anyways, um, so he asked me to marry him. We knew we were going to spend our lives together, stuff like blah, 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 whatever. Um, And the very first thing that we talked about was... um. Brittany marrying us so we asked when she and she she said yes of course I said yes (laughs) what are you gonna say (laughs) I'm gonna now add ordained minister to my resume um so you know there's that um and but I it's funny because when she we were talking about the engagement on the phone and she's telling me a story and everything I was like are you gonna have your dad marry you and she's like no I was like, oh, and then now I don't know who she's gonna have. <laughs> Shane's not religious at all. So Everyone was like, it won't be a religious uh, based ceremony as far as the verbiage or having the Bible there or anything. So I was like, well, crap, not really. Don't know what's happening. And then boom, it's me. You, <laughs> it's me. Um, something good. What's that? I said you're gonna come up with something good. Yeah. Listen, nobody's gonna be talking. That's the problem. We're all gonna be snotting all over the place, crying. Like I, it's gonna be very emotional. It is gonna be. It already is. I cry. We all know how much I love snot. There's something you can know. It's like my <laughs> kryptonite in life. Like and I, I will unhinge around boogers. And I send her videos. I send her videos of it. Yeah, people will tag me in that crap on my yes. timelines. Like some kid will sneeze and I'll be like, uh, or like pus. Like Kelly was like, yes. this is the coolest video. She's oh like, watch this. Oh, like those pimple popper videos? No, I, I would have I would have yeah. accepted a pimple compared to what this jerk made me watch this day. <laughs> this man is, <laughs> you know what I'm going to talk about, don't you? This man <laughs> is sitting there. This is back in the day. Kelly, what were you like? <laughs> 20s? We were in our mid-20s. Oh, yes. Yeah. And she's like, look at this video. This is the coolest thing ever. And I'm like, what are they doing? And they're like feeling all over this guy's back. And all of a sudden they go like this and they squeeze and this huge like, no. Mm. Let me pull myself together here. It was foul. And I was like dry heaving uncontrollably. Kelly, don't send you any pimple popper videos. No, people that are addicted to that stuff, uh, they're not my people. I mean, you can do your thing. What are you talking about? I am your people. I I said you can do it on your own. You are my people, but I am not going to sit down for a session of Dr. Pimple Popper with you ever. (laughs) 
Listen, it's a no. Anyways. Also, you don't like loud chewing. Just FYI, no. people. It's bad. It's not, loud chewing. It's bad. not and loud chewing. Those are like kind of the kryptonite there. He'll punch you in the face if you're loud chewing. Like, watch it's out. true like so the when i it's called misophonia and the first time when i was in therapy a few years back after all the debacles of life i remember at one point way later in therapy i was like so i have misophonia pretty bad and antrictotillomania so trichotillomania is like a hair pulling so i i have this a lot of hairs down to the mid of my back pretty much but i don't wear it down because i pull my hair out it's part of the OCD family. So um, anyway, the misophonia is like the chewing and the loud mouth noises and stuff. And my therapist was like, how come you never told me about this? And I was like, well, uh, let's see. It's not exactly what we call the presenting problem. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, she kind of laughs about it. And she's like, well, so tell me about it. How serious is this? Like, what happens? And I'm like, what happens when I hear people chewing loud or like crunching or whatever? And then she's like, yeah, I'm like, well, my heart rate literally like triples. I get sweaty and I feel homicidal. Like I want to murder like inside of my body. I'm like, make it stop. I'm gonna kill somebody. And I said, let me, let me put it to you this way. If I was in the military and I was taken as a prisoner of war, I would give up anything and commit treason within five seconds. If they put some idiot in a room with me with a bag of Doritos and just made them eat them, I would be done. Like, I will tell you anything you want, make it stop. <laughs> he was just like that bad and I said yeah and you also want to know why we're never going to do therapy for it and she goes oh I can't wait I said because I know it's exposure therapy and I'm not going to sit here and just listen to people while you try to desensitize it someone will end up dead <laughs> happening yeah no no thanks so it, it is I have gotten a lot better with it like I can I can pretty much handle it but in internally it's like it's a it's a volcano but externally I'm you know, I was sitting across from one of my friends after a concert one night. She just, just chomping on her gum. Neither of us even looked up from our phones. And I was like, Brandy, if you don't take that gum out of your mouth, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> she just goes, and she reaches across and hands it to me like a kid. I'm like, thank you. And we were done. We were fine. <laughs> so there's that. There's my weird, quirky imperfections. Okay. So anyway. you have to answer your own question. Yes. What anchors my heart, mind, and spirit? Um, I think I find the beauty in all of the crap that I've gone through. And I use that to, um, build myself every day and to continue to better myself every day. It really fuels my passion, honestly, um, with, the, the care that I want to give to people and meeting everybody. I think there's power in the, in the difference between two questions, for example, as like, if I, like, we look at people and we think what's wrong with you. And that's a really judging, shaming kind of shitty approach. Um, and as opposed to the question of what happened to you, um, I've gone through some pretty significant events and it does change you and not always for the good immediately until the work is done. So I just feel like as, as wild as this may sound, like my really shitty life experiences have made me the person that I am today. And I'm a completely different person than I was prior to those experiences, but I don't feel like it's a, a, a worse version. I just think it's like 2.0, I guess you can't ever go back to who you were before those types of things. So I, I, I love that. I have hope that I haven't let life make me bitter and angry and that, um, 
my, my passion really is to help other people to be there for people in their worst times. Um, and that anchors me wholeheartedly. Like I, I love to help people find the connection. I think we are all so much more connected in our crazy and our dysfunction and our traumas, mm -hmm. regardless of our politics, regardless of religion or anything that, that our media likes to use to divide us. So I just, I see so much hope inside of all of the ugliness, but trust me, there's days I just want to crawl in a hole. And sometimes I do, cause life is just too much, but I love living. Like when my niece passed away and we'll talk about this on a different episode. Um, she, she said to me, live a full life, Brittany. She's like, even if you have bad days, please live a full life and honor that for me. And that is very much a huge component of what keeps me going every day, no matter how bad it is. Like, I feel like Allura is my guardian angel. She, uh, when I have my shitty day, I feel it. I don't push it away, but I literally every single time I think perspective, Britt, get some perspective, work through this because Allura would give anything to be here having your shittiest day. So that was very, very influential in my every single day of my life for what actually anchors me is the, is the happiness. I mean, every day that I wake up, I look up and I say, thank you for another day. That is the first thing that, that falls out of my mouth before I even get out of bed. So, um, I think it's just, I'm excited that I always get to learn. I'm excited that I get to live my passion. I'm excited that people's stories inspire me and it's just kind of creating this path for me as we go. And that just feels awesome to live in your own passion and your own power, even though I don't like it being about me at times, but there it is. <laughs> I am part of my own product, so I have to get over it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you're amazing, Britt. And I'm glad that you asked us to come on here and um, get to interview you a little bit and you. turn Thank the you. tables. Makes Let's it a lot easier. Like, <laughs> but it feels like you're not hot seat a little bit, but yeah, yeah. No, no. And you ladies will definitely be back. Um, so yeah, like I said, you know, we've got some amazing interviews, some inspiring stories, some other other coaches um that you'll meet. Um, just there's some TikTok people that you might meet that I just really enjoy their their page and the and their kind of their focus of their page. So uh, for the most part, it's going to be sharing stories, but it's also, like I said, connection is really big. And I think that that's huge. And I hope that this platform continues to grow and connect people um, wherever we're all at in the world. So it's pretty exciting. Very. We're excited. I'm excited for you. Yeah. yeah it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear all the yeah. other fun that you have coming out. Hopefully. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. I'm going to stop recording here. Um, so everybody have a great night. Thanks for tuning in and watch for the next episodes. Bye. Bye.